1: Welcome to another episode of Musings on Madison here on the Second City Hockey Podcast Network. I'm your host, Dave Melton, the site manager at Second City Hockey. You can find me on Twitter at DMelt57, and there's a little chill in the air. Uh, The temperatures are starting to drop. It's getting darker way earlier than it's supposed to, and uh, a bunch of Bears fans are mad online because they think their first-round draft of a quarterback might suck, so it's obviously hockey season all over again um, as the Hawks are a few weeks into a preseason schedule, and I've got... All of my usual line mates with me this evening to talk all about the exciting, thrilling 2022 Chicago Blackhawks preseason schedule. Can you feel the.
2: Today's episode is brought to you by Cars.com.
1: Excitement? no 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 you can't i guess mm. <laughs> yeah a, a tepid meh is about all it deserves uh up first the analytics darling of second city hockey you can find on twitter at your witness it's shepherd price
0: hi so the America's team thing is not really working out for us um we have the number one defense not the number one offense in the, in the league but the worst defense and uh name a more detroit lions thing you can't
1: uh, but is, you know what, you know Shay, like I, I was gonna let you talk a little bit about that, but uh, I figured you, uh, you and I are both gonna have to pop a bottle of champagne later to celebrate Tony LaRusso. Uh, 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 we're just gonna call it firing. I don't give a shit if he's retiring or whatever. I'm just gonna tell myself he got fired because he sucked.
0: They they agreed to part ways, and then and 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 they let him call, get off with retirement. I'm This time, uh, Jerry Reinsdorf, don't interfere with what, whoever Rick Hahn wants to hire. Maybe we do that this time. Um, maybe trust the GM who, who got us most of the team that is supposed to be better than they were this year. Maybe we trust that guy <clears throat> I th- of I th- you.
1: I think it is most just like a, a warning to everything related to the White Sox or White Sox to the Blackhawks that like no matter like the White Sox seem to do everything right for like five years like they they made you know they made all the trades they were supposed to they got all these awesome prospects they brought them along at a decent pace and then they fucked up with the, man, the manager hire so uh you know in 5 years if the hawks still have Luke Richardson or you know it'd be like if they hired i don't know torts <laughs> now not like Tortorella is actually like won somewhat recently more recently than Larusa it'd be like I'm trying to think of like the hockey equivalent of hiring Tony Larusa Who's dead? <laughs>
2: find Pierre, a dead guy.
1: It'd be Pierre Maguire. That's who. That's about it. That that would yep. be my guess. Yep. Um, but also with us this evening, uh, he is the second city hockey. What Ra Reynolds is to Inter Shikari. You can find him on Twitter at Mill182. And he's currently leading the Kenny Pickett Brigade through downtown Pittsburgh. It's Mill Savage.
2: I am. I got my Kenny Pickett jersey when I was there last weekend. I, so. like. I
1: I try, like, uh, Mitchell Trubisky is going to be just fine in life, but I like I can't help but feel bad for the guy. Like, he you you can see the frustration on his face. Is like, here we fucking go again. I'm about to get benched all over again.
2: I I, I think Mitch is a great guy, but I feel like everything Bears fans warned me about. He did the opposite, where he just didn't do anything. Just like, kind of just stood there. <laughs>
1: You're just going to stop with, if you're talking about a pro athlete and the first thing you say is he seems like a good guy, that tells you all you need to know.
2: Yeah, pretty much. But yeah. with that being said, it is what it is. Um, I'm just – I'm kind of listening to the White Sox chatter. I'm wondering if the next game they're going to roll the end credits to weekend at Bernie's because <laughs> I – as a neutral observer, I pitched about that manager a lot. So,
1: Yeah, it's uh, – I'm just – I'm glad it's over, and hopefully I have a, a reason to watch them next summer. Uh, but also with us this evening, and let's not leave leave her waiting any longer with talking about other sports. Uh, she is not on Twitter, but you can find her at SecondCityHockey.com under the name LBR, where she is Second City Hockey's bull and wall of text. It's Betsy.
3: Like the entire time you guys were doing that, I was like, I could be doing my nails right now. <laughs> like like I have no idea what you Those are names <laughs> I don't really know. <laughs> um at all you guys named a bunch of things i know it's all
1: it's all for the best because all they've done is made us miserable all of those names that you've heard in the last five minutes have done nothing to enrich the lives of myself mill or shea
2: no not true kenny pickett i've i'm a pit fan too so
1: okay all right so sorry there's one and i also did name rick Hahn. (laughs) so I, i
0: i don't blame him i others might i don't blame him for the white Sox this season
1: you know, and I saw Inner Shikari in concert two weeks ago. So uh,
3: gosh Dave. <laughs> even make that's my time.
1: that's
2: my Mosh pass is inner Shikari.
1: Uh, yeah, well uh, you, sh- you should I should have should have had you come out because it was it was a party. But um yeah, Bessie, sorry. Uh, we'll uh you know, hey, it's this or a wrestling tangent, so you gotta pick your point. I mean, against. it's
3: fine. When <laughs> like the mass singer is back on, you guys can just like let me talk about how crazy some of that is i don't know if i'm gonna watch the next one because they had um rudy giuliani on the last season and i was like excuse excuse me
1: isn't that the one didn't somebody walk off set oh
3: yeah uh <laughs> dr Ken, he walked off he was like uh uh-uh. uh.
2: I, yeah. I saw someone on twitter saying the queens they're faking the queen's death and yeah i gonna saw gonna that too the, they
3: were like for the best, <laughs> best singer singer.
2: reveal ever i That's, was like jesus <laughs>
1: I, I saw a headline that was, like, the official cause of death for Queen Elizabeth revealed, like, she's 96 years old.
2: Yeah. What, what did you need to know? She's old. Hey, I mean, it's it's not gotten to McCaskey yet.
1: <laughs> I did want to say we can only hope, but that's and I don't what it, be wishing death kinda, on Virginia yeah. McCaskey. I'm I, sure I would, I don't want to wish, wish death on Virginia McCaskey. I would wish her family to sell the team to somebody else. That's what well, I would
2: wish. I heard that they're going to try to sell it before she dies because they can't pay the inheritance tax.
1: <laughs> Good for them. I, I, I have nothing to say. Uh, once again, the, uh, the main experience of being a Chicago sports fan is waiting for the ownership to die or change hands. That applies well, to pretty, pretty much every team in the city. Well,
2: speaking of Chicago sports and under Shikari, I'm pretty sure I used sorry, you're not a winner for multiple articles last year.
1: Well, and it'll be a very common theme because uh, so far for the 2022 Chicago Blackhawks preseason, sorry, they have not been a winner three of the four games, I believe. Correct. Correct. Yeah. They're
2: collectively getting outscored 14 to three.
1: They have lost three to nothing in each of the last two games, uh, and then they also, yeah, they lost three nothing to the the Wild in Milwaukee the night after they lost three nothing to Detroit. They actually beat Detroit last Wednesday four to two, and they lost to St. Louis four to one last Tuesday. And the main reason we've assembled tonight is to just kind of talk about. Whatever it is, we saw any any preseason thoughts or observations or feelings or opinions or general uh, general sort of senses of apathy that have begun to creep in already on the third night of October. So Shay, let's swing it over to you first. Uh, where are you at?
0: Uh, <clears throat> I don't know how Colin Blackwell ended up on the second line. Uh, that's still a wild thing to me um, <laughs> because everybody else sucks, Shay. <laughs> That's not true because one of the fourth liners is, is 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 I think good if you actually give him a good chance to play with good players instead of you know I not, not to besmirch him but Juhar Ky- Kyra and Mackenzie Entwistle. Uh, not you're the talking
1: best. you're talking about Kuroshev, right? Yes, okay
0: F- Phil could be better served in a better place. Um and with it, with a roster that doesn't look young. We're a rebuilding team. None, none of the pieces of the rebuild are in this lineup yet. Um maybe like focus on the one guy who actually is maybe a part of that rebuild. I'm
1: am I'm, I'm becoming more and more of the mind that uh they, they don't think that way. Yeah, and I think it's, that's it's, the problem with the rebuilds. That we're already off to a bad start. Well no, I mean I'm not gonna I'm not gonna put the entire, uh, state of the rebuild on whether or not they play Phil Kershev on a top line or even in a, or a top six role, like, or even on the third line, like, I don't know. I like Kershev was drafted by the prior regime. He's been around for a while. So like, I, I feel like there's something more there, but I like, it's like, it's entering like the Dylan Strom category almost of where like, yeah, um,
0: and you're gonna watch Dylan Strom pop off this year because he's gonna actually get playtime with the players. I,
1: I, he was on the third line in a preseason lineup I just saw. So,
3: doesn't he have like yeah. f- like a couple of goals and like fewest? Like he's got.
1: I I can tell you way. I have watched so zero seconds of. Washington I know that he Cowboys had two goals high.
3: in one of his in one of the games for the Caps. I because it was blowing up. Okay. <laughs> yeah,
1: I just know good. there's a lot of mean people who keep sharing uh, whenever Alex to bring it scores a goal and all those people can, oh, yeah, like, can fuck right off because yeah. I don't need to see those. Uh, well, Betsy, since you're here, what are your uh, initial preseason yeah. thoughts?
3: Um, well, I'll caveat with that. I don't usually ever take anything about the preseason very seriously. Um, yeah. It's been annoying that they've looked just as bad, let's be honest. Um, maybe not as messy, except for the last Detroit game. They looked really at like a million turnovers in that game. I actually think they underscored them. I think officially it was like sixteen, but I think there might have been way more than yeah, that. Yeah,
1: they they are getting they're getting outshot heftily. Well,
3: learn. they've been so my thing, I don't like to take um, like preseason too seriously because uh, it, There's so far, there's been no game with all of the regular players in it. Um, It's a bunch of kids mixed in there and they're all new to the system. But I also think that people that say, oh, they look because we've got a couple of people that are like, I think they'll be better defensively. What so far has shown that they've been outshot wildly in every single game except one. And they didn't even win that game.
1: And then well, two, I I guess I guess the hope there would be that uh when Connor Murphy's in the lineup and Jake McCabe's back from his injury maybe. I, that's okay. what that's 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 what I got for you. That's my Devils advocate play and it's not a good one.
3: I would yeah, okay, maybe. Um I'm not going to allow that. That's a thing. Cause Murphy actually didn't have a very good year last year. <laughs> McCabe didn't have a good year last year either.
0: Objection has been overruled. Please continue. <laughs>
3: um, now that I, th- I think Murphy will bounce back. I am hopeful McCabe will too, but who knows? Um, but then there's no offense. And we knew that was probably going to be true. Um, this last game was pretty evident that if you try to stifle Kane and Seth Jones, there's no there's nothing it's yeah. it dries up and then even when Kane's line got free they were like pass the puck to him as much as possible yeah.
1: even on a 3 on 1 we're going to pass it to him twice
3: yeah i mean i bet he was probably like why would you not pass the other way to the other player that's completely open if you didn't think you had a shot which i actually don't think he had a shot um dude's name who i will never be able to pronounce
1: often see you
3: yeah Happy to see you. Um, Yeah, he, yeah, I don't think he had a shot. And he doesn't have great hands anyway. So, like, I understand him not wanting to shoot there. Just don't pass back to the guy that's defended the most. um, But whatever. Anyway. um, So, individually, I haven't seen very much from any of the veterans. Other than, like, Lafferty was good in that one game. Maybe. And then, um, Tepley was good. Uh for that one game. I liked him a lot, but he's not a regular yet. I also think Slavin has outplayed defensively. He was one of the only good players playing defensively last game, not, excuse me, the last Detroit game. Um, So right now I'm very like over the vets and I want just kids to play, but I know that's not.
1: (laughs) Well, I like, I (laughs) wonder if that is just the sign of veterans knowing like They don't have to fight like it's the preseason, I'm gonna put it in second gear and never get out of it.
3: Which is totally why caveat of you can't take the preseason that seriously. Yeah. So um, yeah, I just I I'm hopeful that they do improve. I don't need them to win. I just don't want the games to be too boring, and I would like to see System wide improvement, even if we know that the actual talent isn't up to winning. If that makes sense. Yeah,
1: I, I think we'll we'll probably dive into this more in the season preview episode next week that we're going to do. Yeah. But my number one question for this team, uh, just the the on ice, just looking at, just trying to evaluate this team is who's going to score a goal other than Patrick Kane? And the answer is maybe Max Domi, and that's about it. And Max oh, Domi's going to be R- on the line. Sh- maybe. <laughs> okay they're all on one line Shay, there's yeah. a lot
3: of kids that uh are a lot of kids a lot of players that are in the maybe column
1: yeah shea i'm not gonna say you're wrong about taylor radish like i could taylor radish seems like he could have a 20 25 goal season type maybe because he's going to be on the first line and somebody's got to score goals but uh i i will put him in the category of believe it when i see it i guess Mel, what a what about you? What are your uh, burning preseason thoughts?
2: It, you know, like last maybe four-ish years, the Hawks have been pretty bad, but I think we can all agree that they underperformed for various reasons. Like they shouldn't have been as bad as they were. Yes. And, and this team already, I'm like, well, the, the people who weren't Hawks fans back in the day are going to get to experience the, the, the teams of Trent Yanni coaching and, kyle calder and those that this feels very like well this is what we got and it's not going to be very good
1: (laughs) it's it's not great like i yeah i i think there was um i I think like the first week of training camp like there was just uh and just like there's been a general like pleasant feeling around luke richardson since he got hired like He seems to say a lot of the right things and like the first week of practice things like he was like saying and there were things that I people were mentioning at practice that seemed good. So there's like a general sense of like, all right, well, maybe this won't be so terrible. And then they got on the ice and you're just kind of looking at their at everything, like when they have to go against other teams and you're just like, oh, oh, they're bad. Like there's just, Folks. there's just not a lot of talents on the roster.
2: So what you're saying is he's Mitch Trubisky.
1: <laughs> We've come full circle already. Yes. Oh.
2: Yeah. Well, that's the thing is like, you know, last year, even as dumb as it was, they had all kind of names that they went out and got and you're like, ah, they could probably be 500. This team <laughs> cannot.
1: No, Like I, uh, any, like, I I'm still going to be intrigued to see how, how uh, they race to the bottom with Arizona and Philadelphia because both of those, like the flyers seem like a ticking time bomb with a uh, torts behind yeah. the bench and everything being so awful there. But um, I, it's just, it's, it's going to, they're, they're definitely going to be not good, but if, if they're going to be worst team in the NHL bad is something I still not entirely sure if I can buy yet because Patrick Kane's still on the roster, unless uh, Luke Richardson yeah. decides a you know, take him out, take him out into practice one day or something, just to sideline him for two months to really, really lean into that tank. I guess that well, would have to be Kyle Davidson's job.
2: You know, the, between the Hawks and the Flyers, what's going to be more interesting is who's going to be more, uh, you know, having Twitter meltdowns, Ricky LaDee or Bob <laughs> Uh
1: Yes. I think is the answer to that one. <laughs> exactly. Just everyone. Uh The one, the one thing I, the one optimistic take I'm going to offer. And I, I can't believe I I let all three of you talk this long without bringing it up already is uh, I really enjoyed watching Kevin Korchinski play. Uh, He was sent down to his WHL team today, along with Samuel Savoy, who uh, before, before I come back to Korchinski, I just want to quickly touch on like the Sam, Sammy Savoy thing. He seems like he might be a nice player. He was a third round pick, but can we pump the brakes just a little bit on this Andrew Shaw comparison thing? Just a little bit. I feel like they're really, really overdoing this. It's is not. This,
3: is this it's not? It, they are overdoing it, but just okay. to be clear, he was getting that all his draft year too. Okay. Like he was absolutely getting Andrew Shaw comparisons before he was even on the Blackhawks. So it's just okay. like increased tenfold now.
1: If he becomes the next Andrew Shaw, that'd be great. I uh, like. He seems like he has the skating around and hit everything that moves uh, mindset down, which is good. Uh, just as long as. He shows the offensive prowess that Shaw had, which was above average for a third and fourth liner. Um, then I will listen to those a little bit more. But let's get back to Kevin Korchinski because I <laughs> I just – it's been – I was trying to think of the last time a Blackhawks prospect looked this good this quick. And Alex Debrinkit's the name that probably comes up. And then if you – limited to blue line prospects i don't have one for you i don't remember adam boquist doing any like big sparks like that maybe it's a little bit of recency bias on my part but anybody remember any like big adam boquist moments preseason or otherwise
3: he looked good in that one um prospect showcase he was in but like that was a prospect showcase but i don't remember it
1: in yeah they're just i i think the just the overall combination of his skating and like the, you know, he had that. Maybe Yuki
3: Haru. Ones. Like he looked really good. That's the reason he made okay. the preseason is he, or he made the team that year is the Q just really liked him. I It wasn't, it wasn't bam in your face. Like Korchinski
1: I, I think was. that's, that's thing because it was all like, it, there were offensive good plays. Like he had the, the one Kane made a pass through like five people. And Korchinski was the one who jumped up in the rush. And then the pass to Reichel for the breakaway goal, like those are the two plays in particular that are like, like, that's what it's supposed to look like when a number seven pick shows up to your NHL team. So I I was encouraged by that. He's 18, long way to go and all that, but I was very much encouraged by what I saw out of him. And I hope there's more prospects who show up like that over the course of the next few years, because that's all we got right now.
2: Um, I mean, other- at least it's it's good that they saw that in him to draft him because a lot mm-hmm. of people were bummed, but at least he can move.
1: Well, yeah, I think there was I, like, I think uh, Betsy and Shea, you both talked about if uh, if the draft had been like Naser at seven and Koczynski at 13, it might have felt more appropriate for their skill set. But to for Koczynski to immediately do that. That quickly, like, all right, maybe I see why the Hawks picked him in number seven. Unfortunately, we didn't get to see Nazer this year because he had to go to class with all the other uh, NCAA guys. But they go to players.
0: Yes.
1: (laughs) Yes. Allegedly go to class. I think players
0: for sure go to class. Yeah. Allegedly. Just
3: just to be clear, the main reason that people were bummed about Kaczynski is because he's not great in his own end. Like, no no sugarcoat that. He's pretty weak there. Who
0: the and hell we can in also the Hawks pump the is breaks. good in their own end,
3: though? <laughs> and we also that, pump
0: the brakes a little bit on Kortinsky because it's the preseason. If he, yeah. does, like, if he got that nine-game test and he did that, sure, okay, get excited. But it's the preseason and no team is playing their best players right now.
2: Yeah,
1: that's that's fair shade. And I think it's just it's a combination of so many Hawks prospects not doing anything at all at any point. Yeah. So I had nothing to cling to, and now yeah. it's just—it's just something like that. I think I said this, I think two weeks ago. I just—I need some things to sustain me over the next, whatever the dead period is going to be.
2: Well, also too, when he's going to be, you know, quote unquote, the to break it return, uh, it's either he's going to be like, oh, he's awesome, or he's going to have a bad play and everyone's going to be like, oh, he sucks. We fucked that. Yeah, up. he
1: does. He does unfortunately have the uh, career stigma of was the pet, the pick that they got in the Alex to trade. So fair or not, he will probably have that over his head over his whole career. But Betsy, you sound like you were going to chime in with something. Well, I
3: was going to say that it is preseason, but I will say that he looked better in his own end in the preseason than he ever did any, like n- a lot of time last year, <laughs> it was his junior team where he just had a lot of miscues. They used him a lot on offense and he's great. Like, really 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 good offensively um he might have been the best puck handling defenseman in the draft last year I think he might be a better skater than any of the other ones um even though I do think the two guys that were after him were more well-rounded but um I don't I think it's I I was really excited to watch him and mm-hmm. I wasn't expecting to be quite as excited because I know it's the preseason and nobody's playing their best games. But he did walk a couple of actual NHL players. Um, he went yeah. around, Ryan, I think, what's it? He went around um, somebody. And I remember being like, well, that's a real fucking player. But of course, <laughs> veterans are not playing, like you said earlier, aren't playing up to their speed. But it's still, it's an encouraging thing yeah. to I, see that. And as somebody I mean, who is has been critical of his um, defensive play. Um, I was excited to see him making smart, conservative plays in his own end just in these few games, which is not something he did ever very
2: well. Yeah, and, and <laughs> to chill. Betsy's point, like, yeah, like, none of these veterans are going full speed, but they also don't want to get embarrassed.
3: Yeah. Yeah, they don't want to be embarrassed by this kid's upstart kid.
1: And those are also full-grown uh, adults and Kevin is 18 years old. So it's like there's... Yeah. there's so you know,
3: I, I understand yeah. the excitement. I also pump... Shay's right, pump, pump the brakes a little bit. We also... The other thing that we do not want to do is to overhype anybody <laughs> because I feel like that also hurts them when they do poorly, if they right. make a mistake. I mm-hmm. think we do it... Like, I think part of the reason some people hate Dylan Strome so much is because we liked him <laughs> so much.
1: I think part of the reason we really have that much of an effect on people? I'm I'm actually
2: I I also think we like people that everyone hates.
3: Just a second city. (laughs) Yeah. Because arguably Dylan Strom, if you go outside of our fandom, they like him. Yes. The, the caps fans were like, oh, I like them." Toronto fans wanted him to come there.
1: Well, only because he was caught on TV swearing at a Boston Red Sox pitcher. <laughs>
3: I mean, they, want, they wanted him in general, but
2: Hey, you know, we've all That would
3: just add a bonus. Yeah.
1: yeah. But
3: yeah, but people at Second City Yeah. hate him.
1: <laughs> no, I well, no there there were plenty of segments of the Blackhawks fan base that hated him. Not just our little
3: I know, but the, the, the they internet. felt it yeah. felt very personal. <laughs>
2: I mean, this is still the fan... This is the fan base that would defend uh, Nikita Zadorov, so... That's true. Like, I wasted energy arguing about that for a while, and then I just said, you know, whatever you want to say, that's fine, because I don't care.
3: I I, I, why. I was going to say, people still know my trigger. Fucking... uh, Dave called me out. He was like, that's like pushing a button.
1: (laughs) The the LVR bat signal, is what I said. And I forget... It was so... Who was... Kurshev, Kurshev. That's right. That's right. Oh, but I was, thought like, you were going to say Reese Johnson. <laughs> no, <laughs> no, Reese Johnson's a, a
3: nice guy. Remember? Yeah, I'll never write an essay on Reese Johnson. Fucking
1: noted, I nice guy. Write, I give
3: write like a little essay
1: on Kurshev. Yeah, <laughs> always. Um, but yeah, I, I I go circle back to the Kurshev thing though. I, I'm a little, just a little worried that they just the the organization doesn't see him as much of anything, and he might because uh, like you start looking long term now. Uh, with so many of the, the guy, quote, younger guys on the roster. And Khrushchev is, like, younger compared to the rest of the roster, but compared to the rest of the prospects, he's not so young because I'm looking this up as I'm typing because I he's don't know. He's younger
3: than Radish and Boris that they just traded for. Yeah. I mean, well, I, 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 I he's, I, I, he's I'll younger than J- Caleb Jones and Riley Stillman that they're. I, I'll
1: here. be honest with you. I don't think any of those. Players are going to be part of the long term picture. Yeah, I, I mean, really
3: do
1: True, but Kershaw turns twenty three on uh next Wednesday, the home yeah. opener. Well, but yeah, the
2: thing I, is, like Taylor Radish, if he does have a twenty goal season, that might be a trade ship. Exa- no,
1: exactly. No, exactly. That's for yeah. for Taylor Taylor Radish's best piece might be like trade but, value.
2: Like, he maybe might even be actually too, okay. to be honest. You know what I mean? He could be like a middle six winger who scores, but. <laughs> then they're going to say, fuck it, let's get some picks or yeah, whatever. Yeah, no,
1: that, that's fine because that's, that's the point of what they're doing.
2: Oh, yeah, so. I agree. Yeah. But, like, we have to keep stating that that's the goal because the former regime didn't understand that.
1: Yeah, well, because they did for, like, six months and then they traded everyone away and got Seth Jones. It was weird.
2: You know, <laughs> well, remember the year that Gustafson had, like, 75 goals and we're like, oh, they're going to trade him? And they fucking kept it.
1: Yeah. That, that was, uh, was that Colleton's first year when I don't Eric Gustafson it. had a 60 point season? Which,
3: yeah, and yeah. at least he was self aware because they were like, How did you do that? And he's like, I played with Kane on the power play a lot, yeah,
1: that's, right. that's uh, right.
2: Hey, isn't he in Washington with Strom now?
1: Yeah, and so is Henrik Borgstrom. It is the land of misfit Blackhawks toys.
2: I oh, they're
3: new Carolina.
2: I wrote that in the Metro preview yesterday, yes, and, and I really was like, I have no fucking idea who's on any team. Like I used to keep track of this, and now I'm like, wow, I'm old.
1: Yeah, yes, you are, Mel. Just remember, I'm older. Um, so you, you really know.
2: must not give a fuck then, if I don't care.
1: Well, I'm, <laughs> I'm tr- kidding. I'm, just, I'm kidding. i am tried. No, no, I've tried to look like, uh, like trying to find, like the the argument for what, like what to watch when the Hawks get to the actual season. And again, we'll dive into this more next week. But it's like, other than like players that play well enough for trade value purposes. Like there's really not a lot of substance with this team. I mean, like I'm going to watch like, even if this wasn't like part of my job, I would still be watching just because it's what I do. But I just, it's, it's a, it's such a weird spot to be in where because of the direction the team is taking, like this season doesn't matter on ice. Like there's just, you know, it's like, it's (laughs) based. The, really, the only thing left to watch is, like, Patrick Kane chasing franchise records.
2: Yeah, and, and then, like, honestly, and then, who cares? <laughs> yeah, I, I mean,
3: mean... And he's not going to get any of them with...
1: He's... He's, and he's... He's far enough away from so many of Makita and Hall's numbers that he's never... It doesn't seem like he'll get there. Well, I just...
3: I don't think it's going to happen with them in rebuild mode.
1: Yeah. I, I Like, he's got... He's not going to have any help, for sure. Yeah.
3: He was he was still racking up like my my whole like the thing that I when I'm watching the preseason so far is that teams have been overloading Kane a lot and there's nobody else to pick up that slack before you couldn't overload Kane that much because DeBrinket was there mm-hmm. and now <laughs> there's no Max Domi I guess could play but I don't like has he ever been a one hit wonder by himself DeBrinket could carry himself. I don't think Max Domi has ever done that.
1: Domi had a really good season in Montreal, but I believe he was playing with... Uh, Josh Anderson, was it? I know Shaw No, he was traded. Wasn't for he traded for Josh Anderson? He was I, traded think, for Josh I Anderson. think you're right, Shay. I remember writing about this. He was playing with Andrew Shaw.
3: Yeah, but he, who was the other person? Was it, person?
0: it? Was it just, Gallagher? No, not Gallagher.
3: It might have been, because it might have been that little line. But it, I, it. I'm, just, I'm just saying that, like, I don't think... those like one hit like those like one season things are so almost arbitrary you're like yeah he put up it's like gustin putting up you know 70 points you're like yeah it happened but will it ever happen again no
2: i wouldn't be surprised if once they get to double digit losses in the column i i I think you could see taves and kane playing together just because they don't want to play with children or like (laughs) ahl soup cans yeah yeah uh, sure. The, the third, but it, I don't
3: think they'll score that much together either because I don't think Caves can score that much either. No,
2: but he Correct. can. He can still win draws, and you know,
3: because yeah. uh, when
2: you're playing center with Kane, you don't really have to be a center.
3: Yeah, but you, somebody else has to help. Like he can't. Nobody can feed him the puck. <laughs> uh,
1: the third. The third linemate for. Uh, Max Domi going back to that conversation was Jonathan Druin was the other one.
2: Yeah, uh, I was. Thinking, anyway, and then you mean back Jonathan Druin?
1: Druin. Yeah, sorry, I, I'm not up on my uh, Montreal uh, accent.
2: Yeah, brush up when you go to the French Quarter, Dave.
1: Wee oui, wee. Oui. <laughs> That's all I got. <laughs> uh, but but going back to the Patrick Kane thing, I mean, like if he's going to set franchise records, like he has to come back for another contract because he's at uh, he's 111 goals behind Stan Makita for second all time. He's 176 assists behind Makita for it for the lead in assists, and for points he's like 287 behind Makita. So, he's so gonna he have to needs to like, like four seasons. Yeah, several seasons to to break all those records. I'm so it's good. It's really it's just for him. It's just a matter of uh, whether or not he what he decides to do. It's it's basically Taves and Kane trade watch until the trade deadline, which I think is March 3rd this year.
2: The thing about them is interesting though is they've already punched their ticket to like the Hall of Fame, so they can kind of do whatever they want, yeah the only, the I, only,
0: I think that the thing motivating Patrick Kane is the fact that he doesn't want to be the best Chicago Blackhawk of all time
1: yeah like that's and and if that's what he wants like he might be back next season if the team wants him back because. He can't sign the contract himself. Although well,
2: they gotta sell somebody's fucking jersey. <laughs> yeah,
1: yeah, I pointed that out in a thread that,
3: like, in the when they were doing the Milwaukee and the lineup in Milwaukee, like it was like oh, polite clapping, and then Kane was the only person that got any type of volume because he was the only person anybody knew.
1: <laughs> that's that's fair. Uh, <laughs> I, I'm still like with some of these preseason numbers. I still cannot figure out who 71 and 79 are.
2: Those should not be worn. And and Nicholas
1: Bodin is wearing like ninety two or something weird. Like,
2: yeah, nylander has gone, so he changed his number.
1: Yeah, I, I yeah, it's it's bizarre. Um, the only thing I can say about Taves and Kane is like I imagine they are aware of some of the outside chatter around the team, just that th- this team's going to suck and they're not going anywhere and all this. And the only thing I can think of out of those two is that if you <laughs> knowing like there's there's obviously some competitive instinct in them because that's how they got to this point in their, That's how they got to the NHL. And eventually if, I feel like if you hear enough people from the outside telling you that your team sucks and it's not going anywhere, eventually you just might internalize that and out of spite, just like I'm going to stay here and take this team back to the top, just because just out of spite for everyone who says we can't do that. That's the only, that's like the main reason I could see those two coming back in the future is like out of spite for everyone else. Which can be a good motivator.
2: I think Taves is texting buddies on good teams, going, "Yo, you up?"
1: (laughs) Kane's definitely
3: texting. Who needs an excellent third liner?
2: Hey, I mean, imagine Taves on as a third liner on a Cup caliber team, though.
3: Yeah, I was surprised the Avs. I mean, maybe they'll wait till like the trade deadline. But after Cadre didn't resign with them, I was like, "Do a three way team trade." get get your you know manezoir on and uh get get him to the abs cuz he feels like a good option to be a third you know to help bump up their like i don't think he's as good as kadri was last season
1: i was thinking to replace that
3: one season but still
1: yeah he may not quite have the offensive punch that kadri had at moments but uh, he can still i'm sure <laughs> t- you could put him in a, a shutdown checking role on your third line on a couple team and he'd be very good at it
2: I think caves would just be happy to be playing with adults.
1: <laughs> <laughs> it's it's the CM Punk quote all over again. I'm old, I'm tired, and I'm hurt. He he literally he literally is
2: the CM Punk of the Hawks. <laughs> and and rare that I would, you know. Ah,
1: there we got to the wrestling tangent eventually. Yeah. Proud proud of everyone. And on that note, we're going to take a quick time out and then uh We'll talk about some other stuff. I don't know. know. We'll we'll see what it is. But uh, uh, leaving everyone in suspense, so come on back on the other side of this break to hear what it is. Welcome back to Musings on Madison here on the second city hockey podcast network. And uh, as promised before the break, we're going to, we're going to talk about some stuff uh, and some things. And we decided those things. Well, the Hawks do have two preseason games left. They're both on the road. They play Thursday night against the Minnesota wild in Minnesota. And then on Saturday, they go to St. Louis to play the blues. Uh, The Hawks have sent down a handful of prospects and uh, other players already. Some back to their various junior leagues, some down to Rockford, uh, to play in the AHL this year, including the aforementioned Kevin Ch- Korchinski. And uh, I, I guess the only name, big name left to watch is Lucas Reichel to see whether he goes down to the AHL or not. But uh, I guess with just two preseason games left, uh swing it over to Shea first. And anything else you're looking for or keeping an eye on in these uh, last 120 minutes of thrilling preseason hockey?
0: I mean, line combinations because they, they continue to – narrow down the list of rostered players so to see how how players are developing chemistry with the people they're likely to be on lines with um whether or not the radish uh domi cane line looks like the looks to be the first line and the only line with actual true scoring potential which, uh, whether uh, which, they can get which it i together. think i
1: think we're starting to know the answer to that question but <laughs>
0: uh and then uh finally um Goaltending play. Like are are Stalock and Mrazic gonna uh screw us or are they gonna be bad like they're supposed well, to be.
1: Depend well okay. So they would be screwing us if they were good.
0: Yes. Because then they become Not, trade pieces, I got, you. I got that you. they need to get they need to get out of here within the first twenty games.
1: Well, I, I will I feel like the game against Detroit on Saturday night might be a decent forecast for what this season is going to be like. And that, uh, I think Stalock played that night or maybe it was more, I don't know. Whichever goalie Staloc. was in that it was Stalock. Thank you. Um, played very well for two periods, uh, stopped like 15 to 20 shots Detroit had in the second period as the Hawks were getting wow wild- because the second period, yes, thank you. 15. Cause the second period Hawks are still the second period Hawks. And then in the third period, the dam broke and he gave up two goals and they lost. And I feel like that might be the story of the season. Uh, uh, just a overwhelming amount of shots. The goalies play well for a while, and then the dam breaks, and then the Hawks
2: lose. So
1: Good.
2: That's exactly <laughs> what they need to do.
1: Yeah. I, I hate how much I have to agree with that statement. <sighs> Rough times. Betsy, what about you? What are your thoughts? Yeah, I, the,
3: the big piece, of course, is Reichel. I mean, I think we can all see that he should be in the NHL. If the pure, like the actual qualification for that is top twelve forwards available to play, um, I don't think there's any argument that he's a top
1: twelve forward. Uh, top, I don't. Uh, top six, easy. <laughs> I don't. I, I. don't think that's an argument either. Is it?
3: No. I. I. <laughs> I it's like you can argue that it's better for his development not to be near the mess that this season is going to be. You can make the argument that organizationally it's better for them not to have him up because he could help them win games, stuff like that. I just don't, I don't, I, I would prefer them not like, I don't like Richardson was saying like, now he's just got to dig deep and fight for that spot. And it's kind of like, bro, he doesn't really have to fight. It's like (laughs) fighting out of a wet, paper bag you know he just has to like push and he should be there um but that's not really because he's necessarily ready so much as the competition is that bad um Mm -hmm. so that'll be interesting to see what they do with him they've had some injuries so now they're like yeah it could happen um but otherwise i don't think he was going to make the team purely for the fact that there's so many non-waiver exempt players so
1: yeah that that was uh I think some of the powers and lads at the athletic mentioned that like the, the roster, the pro, roster projection, they assembled for the Fords had 13 guys and they were all waiver exempt, but that list did include Boris Kachuk who was out for four to six weeks after spraining his ankle against Detroit on Saturday. So that changes might change the equation a little bit.
3: Yeah. And then um, uh, what's his face is day to day. Oh my God.
1: Jujar Arcara. Yeah. Yeah, um, Which, which I, I feel like I should point out Good to see him back on the ice and healthy And he was good everything he, yeah. I, like, I saw him, he was great I didn't, um, I thought he was a fine fourth liner last year Which yeah. the, the only problem is the Hawks have like 30 of those
3: Yeah Um. And then the other person that I am excited to see a little bit more Is Vlasic Because I don't mm-hmm. necessarily think he is NHL ready But I also would argue that he is already better than some of the guys <laughs> Again, it's another rightful situation. I think he's qual- he's he probably. If you were just going based on who is better than the competition, he would be top six. Because of injuries, he will probably start the season. It seems likely they keep putting in with Seth Jones. And honestly, when he was with Seth Jones last year, that was the best. Seth Jones played with a partner. He didn't. Cl- like very well with a lot of guys last year, he just did his own thing and was pretty good. Vlasic actually played well with him. So that could be something, you know, that like Mm -hmm. that's an interesting combination to watch for however long it lasts. Um, And then I don't know who the last piece for the defense will be because like Ian Mitchell is injured. Galvis is injured and those would have been the two guys that I would have wanted to see up maybe next. And then Regula, I, he's, I think he's played only one game. So far, if he's played more, I don't remember it. So he hasn't been memorable. Neither has Vlasic, really. But.
1: <laughs> yeah, like I, the, the trick with guys like, well, Regula has some offensive prowess, I think. But like think with a guy like Vlasic, like he's not going to make any highlight plays like Kevin Korchinski did because that's just not his game. Yeah. So like like the it's like with uh, Vlasic, it's like no news is good news. If you haven't heard his name at any point, it's probably for the best. Cause that means he like the only time it's like uh I don't know, and it it's like the uh defensive back in football is the only time you know their names is when they get beat. Um Alec Ragula has played two games, by the way.
3: I don't remember the other one. <laughs> <laughs>
1: It might be the one that wasn't on TV anywhere, but fact, I w- it was only on ESPN+. Plus.
3: Yeah, but I watched
1: all of them, whether they were. Well, because you were outside <laughs> of the Chicagoland area, so you were actually able to watch it.
3: I don't have ESPN plus right now, so it doesn't really matter. But well, let's just I what did um did you say in the comments? You know, I was on seven. You were, you were you were you were.
1: Yeah, that, were like seven. I assume that was a reference to the Pirate Bay, the old. uh the, the torrent home. Yeah. Where, I, I was pirating. So uh, <laughs>
3: <laughs> I mean, whatever. Uh, once the season gets going, I'll decide if I'm going to pay for it. I just, it feels weird to pay for it. When I don't like there, there's a quality level that I don't know if I, I will care about. Kind Are you of.
1: talking about the quality of the broadcast or the quality of the team? You're going to have
3: a little play? bit of both. <laughs> <laughs> mm-hmm.
1: Fair on both parts. Mill What about you? <laughs>
2: Um, okay. Well, <laughs> you know, I just kind of want to see. I don't want to like hate watch the team, but I almost feel like if they're going to be bad, like kind of like what Shay said, we just got to go all in. So I'm going to try to have the most fun possible and really make it about me. <laughs> There you go. You know?
1: Aaron, that's the spirit. That's, that's it, what we like.
2: Because normally you get all pent up because you're, you know, we're all fans and you, you get passionate and you want the team to win. And when they suck, it, and especially the, the, the fashion in which the Hawks have sucked has been so bad the last few years. Mm-hmm. So it's just like, you know what? I'm going to find the positives and we're going to have to make a new gang because God, that's long gone.
1: <laughs> uh, yeah, and Jacob Galvis is hurt. I was trying to give other players with the last name starting with G. The Galvis gang doesn't have. Godhead gang just rolled off the tongue really well. Galvis gang doesn't quite do that.
2: Also, so, like he wasn't like shitty. I don't know why they just let him go. Like he was fine.
1: Yeah, that's well. Okay, that's I, I feel like. I feel like we said that every, about so many Black Ops players they're
2: fine. Yeah, but there's a lot that were bad.
0: <laughs> yeah, but here's the thing. you got to remember is that the Gaudette trade probably uh, helped improve relations uh, between the Blackhawks and Senators leading to the print cap trade.
1: That's oh, a so good that, point. that pisses me off even more now <laughs> because uh, I didn't want that trade. Out. However, although we Kevin, Chinsky yeah,
2: is good – you okay. could thank Adam Gaudet. There we go.
1: All right. <laughs> See, this is there. the type
2: of shit this is what I'm looking to do all <laughs> season long. There's your answer to your question, Dave.
1: Okay. Just just make just uh
3: He's gonna do like trade signing slash lost player trees all all season. Like, Me?
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah. You're gonna be the the mm-hmm
3: guy from uh sunny in philadelphia whatever the show is <laughs> oh, no, charlie charlie, charlie You're in, the him. in front of that board
2: <laughs> i don't know i might i might end up being him in a lot of other episodes too <laughs> some stuff uh, i probably shouldn't talk about on here yeah probably
1: not um but no, you know what like because like you, you mentioned this bill like i i think like the most the thing i'm i'm looking is for so I'm going to plug the thing I wrote today about the rebuild, like trying to put a timeline on the rebuild. It was at secondcityhockey.com on Monday or yesterday, whenever you're listening to this, whatever. But just I, like we, I think we talked about this briefly over the summer, but just didn't really like appreciate how long this whole process can take. It depends on when you like the, the clock starts on the rebuild. But like, if you go back to the Hawks, Uh, their, their run, they drafted Seabrook in Oh three. And then it was seven years before they lifted the cup. It was five years before they even made the playoffs again. And that is in the, like the most, um, maybe like the best assembled dynasty that it's just, everything came together in an alarmingly uh, good fashion that I feel like we shouldn't even be tempting fate to suggest that that could happen again. But if, if you say it's going to be five years, from the start of all this, that they're going to make the playoffs again, that's 2027. And even if you backdate it to when Lucas Reichel, like if Lucas Reichel being drafted in 2020 was the quote start of the rebuild, that's still 2025 just to make the damn playoffs. And then you got to put like another couple of years on that to get to the back to the cup. Like I, get, I and then I I wrote about like Colorado and LA and Pittsburgh and all their assembling of their teams. And it just, the, the main thing I keep coming back to is, I don't see this team contending again until 2030. And that is a really long fucking time away. And so I'm, I'm just trying to like wrestle, like obviously like, you know, there, there's a lot that can happen between now and then. Maybe it's shorter, maybe it never works out, but it's just such a weird, I've had this odd existential crisis of being a sports fan this whole summer of like, what's even the point when it's going to be like eight years before this team is maybe even possibly that good again.
2: Yeah, and that's, like, I mean, you put that into real-life terms. Like, think about what can happen in eight years. Mm -hmm. I mean, that is a long fucking time. And I am going to do my best to be positive and have fun this year with this shit. But, like, I'm not doing this for eight years of, like, (laughs) like, like, like like LBR says, making trade trees. Eight years of trade trees (laughs) will just pretty much show you how bad they are if they don't get good.
3: So, do we need to, like, invite, like, Steve Dangle on... (laughs) here to like talk about his experience of the like false starts that they had, you know, cause Toronto's had some moments where, you know, they had the Phil Kessel era where they were, they thought maybe they could do something. And now they're in this era where they have a really good team, but they still can't get past the first round. So are they going to turn into like the wild, which for the last decade have been the definition of mediocre, um, But but like Steve Dangle might be one of the most recognizable names of somebody who that's like half his brand is like yelling at the fact that his team doesn't do anything.
1: Yeah. It's almost like if they won, he would have to retire.
2: It's a double-edged sword too, though, because like you look at different sport, but you look at the Cubs, you know, they won one finally after a thousand years. And then the owner said, okay, fuck this. And this didn't pay anybody.
1: Because uh, they're too busy building luxury hotels on Clark.
2: Exactly. Like So like if the Leafs win and then blow it up, it's, it's like yeah. – you know what I'm saying? It's such a weird dynamic where you want it so bad and then it's like, well, I want it to stay like this and it can't.
1: Yeah, yeah. well this – like there was – somebody wrote something and I, I wish I could credit the author because I, I don't remember who wrote it. But it was like it, would you rather be like the Blackhawks that had their three cups in six seasons or would – and then just like have completely fallen off the face of the earth since then – or would you rather be a fan of a team like Boston that got their one cup and made it to another final and haven't won it, but they're always in it. They're always like, like, I, I don't know if you could call them cup contenders, but they're at least in the playoffs, like every single season. And, and that's where I don't know. I don't know where I would fall on that uh, that spectrum, but three cups. Yeah. You do
0: anything for the three cups. Which is, I, which is which which? is I, going to discover soon
1: i can tell you three or four years ago i would have been all in on that but uh, yeah it's 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 um it's just the the longer the longer the hawks go without making the playoffs the the let the more and more i'm gonna i would come away from that i think i'd still be on the three cup banner uh three cup side as well but
3: i just but, i i don't think anything that boston Bruins fans have experienced 2012 to now compares to the experience like the like Uh, In 2013 and 2015, like, they, like, stepped up every single time. Yeah. Like...
0: L- LBR, a large chunk of Boston Bruins fans or New England Patriots fans. Yeah,
3: I mean, uh, I mean, from a pure uh, hockey standpoint. That's
1: that yeah, because I
3: don't care about. Yeah, hockey. you know what?
2: Fuck the Bruins fans. <laughs> <thing. laughs>
1: there we, Yeah, exactly. That's that's a very. I'm glad you said that, Shay, because that is a very good point. Because yeah, those long suffering. They have. They have
0: experience. Was yeah. Boston? <laughs> Boston I mean, with, okay,
3: so I only know what I only in real life. I only know one Bruins Bruins fan. and she works in my like department ish Um, and she doesn't watch any other sports. She's like me. So like, there are fans that don't watch any, like, Mm. I, I don't know. I'm, I'm saying purely from a hockey standpoint, there's Bruins Bruins fans purely on a Bruins level, Mm. (laughs) not gotten to experience. Like, I don't think that just, I don't think it works the same way. Like what we, what we as Hawks fans felt like, I don't know. It was just a big deal. 20, 2013. Yeah, those, like, it was, like, that's that's uh.
1: legitimately, like, the most fun I think I've ever had as a no, sports I, fan. I
2: agree I'm, 100% with, okay. no. with what Betsy just said. But I think, too, like, when you look at, like, in 10 years from now, right, like, retro is going to be t- uh, Taves and Kane jerseys and whatever. <laughs> yeah. Seabrook, Keith, you know, Hosa. Um, but you're going to remember, like, everybody who sees somebody wearing that who was old enough to remember – they're gonna go, yeah. Those are like the dynasty hawks. Same thing mm-hmm. with Crosby, Malkin, whatever. Nobody's gonna fucking see a guy on a Bruins New Jersey who didn't win an eleven came post then. You know, well, like and, and like
1: the like a David Pasternak jersey. Yeah, he like if he doesn't win, win shit, team. Yeah,
2: it, they'll be like he was a good player, but like who cares? Yeah, I don't I mean, know if that makes I mean, sense. I
1: mean, to be to be totally like the the harshest example of this it could be is Alex the
2: he, really, right, right. he was
1: really good, but he wasn't, like, on any winning teams. I
2: mean, right. I have a lot of Hawks, like, guys that I liked a lot that didn't win. Yeah. And it's just one of those things where you feel bad because, there's the, you know, <laughs> Eric Daze wasted yeah. the best years of his My career. God. You know what I mean?
3: Um, And isn't this, like, the argument for, like, what jerseys should be retired and mm-hmm. the rafters? It's like, well, yeah. we all think – that the cup guys should get preference ish, you know, and obviously host has already gotten it, even though he didn't even, I mean, technically he did spend more time in a Blackhawks Jersey than any other um, by the end, but that's, you know, his, his career was more, was more story story than that. So it's an interesting.
1: Yeah. <laughs> well, I, I well, think the, like the, I remember like the, when they announced Host's Jersey retirement, there were some, people from outside only from outside of Chicago who were like why are they doing this and I, I think that's completely misunderstand or like just didn't understand how big of a how popular he was during right. those years yeah well i, thought, I think is also
0: sorry, <laughs> Go across ahead, sports also across sports probably like rodman was a was a free agent signing but like arguably the biggest free agent signing in the history of chicago sports is marian costa and i Him thought and was a rodman was
1: trade, but don't quote me on that. Uh, I'm going to look that oh, up while you're talking.
0: Okay. So that, that's like but the, no, the but, only competition I could possibly think of. And if well, he was Cubs a
1: trade, fans are, Cubs like, fans always throw John Lester in and I disagree. Uh, on that one, uh, I one. actually, you, you know, know what?
2: One, I would, I would put him in the category, not above Hosta, but I think he, he was a big reason that they, you know, yeah. rounded out that pitching staff and got good. But, but again, Hoses, the, Hoses was one of the big reasons they won three. Okay, no, no no, I'm not arguing that. What I'm saying, this is this is where I was going with this. I think a lot of times people do attach their previous career to what even if they don't mean to. So, like, for example, Ray Bork has his jersey retired in Colorado.
1: Does it does he really? I didn't and know. And he played
2: that. one and a half seasons, but it's one of the greatest hockey moments of all time. So yeah. it's like uh same thing with John Lester. Like John Lester was awesome with Boston, mm. but people just remember him being awesome and then they remember him winning in Chicago because it was a big deal. So it's like, it's a weird thing.
1: It's yeah. It's, it's like the, the whole Jersey retirement thing. It's more, it's more emotion based than like numbers. I think I think the
2: reason and I brought Dennis Rodman
1: was traded for will Purdue by the way. Oh,
2: okay. So I was, I was too young to remember, but I did get the Rodman Jersey that summer.
1: I still have my Dennis Rodman Jersey. I love it.
2: <laughs> Me too.
1: Uh, but I don't even remember how we got on this. T- it was about like, it was just the idea of like.
2: What was um, the argument of like? Would you rather win a bunch and yeah. then suffer for it? Because yeah. to me, because we're we're about to. No, but to, like <laughs> that's what happen. I'm saying is like, if you look at like the idea, what, what I brought that up was, you remember the teams that won because mm-hmm. they were great. It's like you don't care about a team that lost, even if you go to the conference final, nobody gives a shit. Yeah. You know?
1: I, I guess what I, I, the the main thing is, I just I hope to hell like that this this whole thing works out because I, I think like it's gonna be a few years before we have any idea, but like I I think by like 2025 or so, roughly, which is creeping up a lot quicker than any of us want it to be. Uh, I th- I feel like by then like we'll have a pretty good idea of like which prospects are starting to pan out and which ones are not. Um, and maybe Connor Bedard will be the number one center in Chicago by then. And they'll sign Willie Nylander and free agency and that'll round out the team. And they'll win the cup in 2026. I don't know. I guess, I guess like that's the, um, the, 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 the ride is the, it's just part of the adventure and it, it's the uh, shitty part right now, but, uh, you, you got, you got to hop on the ride now because it could be entertaining. And, the the payoff is hopefully that they, uh, they win some championships at the end of it. Hopefully. But we'll see. Well, hey, uh, since we're we're the best uh, food-themed hockey podcast on the internet, you guys want to talk about some food stuff? Hell yeah. Because I have – we have a very important uh, review to get into. Uh, About two weeks ago, I was down in Birmingham, Alabama, went to a restaurant called Yo Mama's Kitchen, I believe was the exact name of it, and had – Shout out Red Velvet. (laughs) Red – wait, what?
2: I'll explain later. Okay, thank you. <laughs>
1: um, it was delightful. I had, uh, it was shrimp and grits, which was uh, un- uh, an unexpected combo, but I think one of you had recommended to me, either Shay or Betsy. And I uh, got to say, uh, delightful. Wish grits were more of a thing up here because I f- I swear I've had them before, but um, I don't, they were really good. It was uh, more of a cheesy-based uh, item. I don't know. I, I don't know what else to say other than it was really good, and uh maybe the the people of North need to to work on that. Uh,
3: shrimp and grits is very common.
1: Yeah, you said it was a yep. new
3: combination, <laughs> and I immediately was like, did, "No, no."
1: Oh, did I say new? Well, I, 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 didn't, a, I, didn't, I didn't mean to say new. I meant new. to say fancy. Sorry. Yeah. Yeah. So um, I'm sorry. Yeah, that's that's a very northerner thing. Oh, did you guys hear about the shrimp and grits stuff? Oh, yeah, that's stuff we've been doing for. Centuries since yeah. like the
0: 18th, since the early yeah. 1800s, yeah. It, was,
1: it was goddamn Yanks coming down, um. But yeah, the uh the menu item I'm, I'll read it to you right now. What I had it was uh perfectly cooked grits, and they were mixed with white cheddar Asiago and cream cheese. Oh yeah, I'm I'm like retasting it now as I'm telling you this, story. Uh Topped with shrimp, spicy sausage, red and green bell peppers, and onions
3: yeah sounds great
1: <laughs> yeah it was it was really good i uh i like i felt like like texture wise like it was like like the creamiest mashed potatoes i've ever had it's yeah. like the best way to describe the texture of it um out do like all the other stuff on top was amazing and then like it felt like like the like once you got all the shrimp and spicy sausage out of the way it was just uh a cheesy grit concoction and it was it was fantastic. So now, now I feel like if I try to make them here myself, I have a standard I have to live up to, and so now I'm worried I'm never going to be able to recreate that myself. So I guess I'll just have to go back to the south to get some grits.
3: Yeah, I wonder if only trying, um, like a composed grit dish, was setting you up for disappointment whenever.
1: <laughs> you... I don't know. Me
3: because I, we, you know, like grits by themselves as just a side, just salted in butter is such a component to breakfast down here. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's delicious. Um, but yes, you put cheese in it. It's extra delicious. You put other flavors um, in it. You add any any type of meat, but shrimp is very specific. Um, I've actually never had it with both sausage and shrimp. That is a very common thing for like gumbos, so it was mm-hmm. interesting to see that, but I have had it with one or the other. Um mm-hmm. also if you put like bacon in it? That's really oh, well, Not
1: it's really one. <laughs> see, yeah, not yet. Yeah, I like I my initial plan was to try and find a place where I could just get a good breakfast and a side of grits uh just to try them separately, but like the we were we were walking to a music festival, and and this uh, Yo Mama's was the only place on the way. So I saw I saw shrimp and grits on the menu. I'm like, this is going to be the home run, and it was. It was it was so good. So yeah, uh, five out of five would would eat again. Highly recommend grits for all the uh, all the Northerners that are certainly listening to this podcast. I don't know how big of our reach is down in Birmingham, Alabama, but if it is, uh, go to Yo Mama's Kitchen. I don't even know what street it was on, but it's. Kind of by the downtown area. It's near the furnace where they have furnace fest, because that's where that's what I was down there for. Any anybody else have any I thought someone else had food thoughts or something to to offer in this. Turkey is the best lunch meat oh, exactly. and it's yeah.
0: not yeah, it's not it's okay. not even like that close of a competition.
1: Yeah.
2: Have you ever <laughs> had chipped ham though? Have you ever had turkey? <laughs> no, no, chipped specific. I'm asking, have you had chipped ham? Chipped? Yeah. What the I, I'm not even sure what this is. It's only in Pittsburgh, baby. Okay. It's a big fucking deal. I've had there. Chip
1: beef. Have you
3: It's beef.
2: I have never beef. heard of that, but Isley's okay. chip chopped ham is like a real thing.
3: First of all, everybody needs to eat um cream chip beef. <laughs> and that's another southern I I actually think it might be like a a thing that that was in the military more than it was anywhere else, but yeah, it's it's chipped beef which i think it's probably the same way that they prepare chipped ham um in a creamy sauce over toast so um
2: you can eat chipped ham like regular lunch meat you can eat it in a barbecue sauce and a tomato sauce um there's all kinds of ways they make it but uh no i was just curious i've been on tag and egg lately since it's football season so i like it's, having a little beer with my eggs
3: it's the same thing is like so they they just it's smoked and thin and little right
2: or mm, it's not really. It's just lunch meat. Like they take turkey and they they chip it. It's it's hard. It's a big thing there. Like yeah, Iser's makes it.
1: All just, right. It says uh, on Wikipedia, obviously the source of all all knowledge <laughs> in the world. Uh, mm-hmm. It's a processed ham luncheon meat made from chopped ham dough. It's a mix. Or, or it says it's it says chipped chop ham. Yeah, chip, yeah. Chip, chip, okay. chip chop but ham. But it's uh, I was gonna check. The shipping or shaving the meatloaf against a commercial meat slicer blade, the thinly sliced product has a different texture and f- flavor compared to thickly sliced ham. It's also, uh, yeah. And there, I guess there's some of the like, trimmings and seasonings tossed into too. The okay. slicing process is also referred to as Pittsburgh style. Okay.
0: Interesting. Here's okay. the thing. Here's the thing about Turkey. The best <laughs> of it, the, the best, the best of it, the best ability is uh, the best ability is availability. Uh, you know what's not really available outside of Pittsburgh? Chip Top Tam. You know what's available everywhere in the nation and then you go to UK and it's there. You go basically anywhere in the world and there's turkey there waiting for you. Turkey. Turkey's... And like, there's a fucking holiday. I was just... I was gonna bird. say,
1: Jay, like there's an entire holiday with the menu built. But in certain circles shay i i don't know if this works for you i
0: know that there's certain circles where ham is served instead and those No 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 i was going to say like wrong.
1: for for me like uh easter was always a ham holiday maybe that's just a catholic thing but and and a i good, don't think you get a, you get a good like brown ben, yeah. sugared ham like it's it's pre- those are pretty damn good i don't
0: think easter revolves around uh to ham in the same way that Thanksgiving totally revolves around turkey. That's though. that's fair. And I think if you were to name, like, what's the first food you think of when you think of Easter? Ham is not the first on the list because you know what's first on the list?
1: Eggs. Candy. <laughs> yeah, no, <it's> candy. Eggs. <laughs> I thought you were going to say um, marshmallow puffs. <laughs> well, it counts as candy. Yeah, that's uh, true. I don't
0: like, know you, to you think
3: you, of eggs. Yeah, I'm hiding eggs and I'm eating some eggs. But Easter is where I have cream chip beef because you can put eggs in it. Right,
0: and that's perfectly fine, because Easter's not, not like, got a set menu. No, it's
3: really got perfect. a set menu. That's I'm going to make you guys eat everything, like, all kinds of different types of Southern-ish foods. I don't even know if this is a Southern
1: food. Uh, you know what? We're going to we're gonna have to have, like, organized, like, food tasting during games.
3: I know it's at yes. Cracker Barrel.
1: Oh, that's the okay. most Southern, I'm sorry,
3: my racist, um... <laughs> Yeah, I was, gonna, I was gonna, gonna say you're
0: not getting me to go to cracker Barrel. I'm
3: yeah. golden corral, I believe.
1: <laughs> okay.
0: Um, there that's was a different both conversation. a golden
1: corral and a cracker Barrel very near me, and I, I will do, go to neither of them ever. I really because, want to yeah, try
3: chipped ham now because I've never had it, but I like uh cream chip beef looks almost like um pepperoni,
2: except okay. it's in a little glass jar. So, like chipped ham is the type of thing where it's like if you if your mom's making you your school lunch or something when you're a kid. You can make it like a regular, like lunch meat type of sandwich. But then if you're having like a tailgate, they'll put it in uh, like a crock pot and then make like a sauce. Does that make sense? Where it's kind of versatile?
1: Okay. It's like you take the broth from it or something?
2: No, they make like a. Some people do like a barbecue style sauce. Some do more of like a tomato.
1: They put it in a blender and make it make a chip chop ham smoothie.
2: No, that's (laughs) why, because people were when they took the Heinz field name away from Heinz, they wanted it to be Isley's chip chopped ham stadium. There was like people like, like leading the charge. And I thought that was hilarious.
1: <laughs> so, like, Mill, no, you were just in Pittsburgh. Did you bring any back?
2: No. Cause I stopped eating meat. Oh, that's <laughs> right. but if I, if I go back, that'll probably be the first thing I have. Okay. Um, I, I, uh,
1: I always forget also, about that part.
2: Yeah. Well, we also put slaw and fries on everything. So like on sandwiches,
1: yeah, I, I think we've we've had this discussion before, but Pittsburgh's high on my list of uh, culinary cities to explore.
0: So. Yeah, we, we we know you put fr- French fries on your sandwiches, Promonti pr- pr- Bros. Uh, there was
1: and, there was a Promonti Bros. in a suburb just north of Indianapolis that was there for, and I drove by it several times and never went, and it went out of business. So the original <laughs> Mani- Promonti Brothers,
2: the per- original Promonti's is in the Strip, but like, there's way better places you can go. Like pamela's for breakfast or like nadine's which was on uh dives what's that show where they have, diners, like, the dive, drive and diners driving guys yeah. which by it's the way
1: like, that place that show has never uh never set me wrong
2: I, yeah i, I was drinking i went to nadine's on my birthday and was drinking shots at like eight in the morning
1: eh, <laughs> yeah. that's that's preparing you for other preparing your liver to get you through
2: this well we were we Black went Hawk to the pit game and we wanted to tailgate so you had to get a little pre-game breakfast and all that.
1: Did you have some grits?
2: I don't know if they have grits there.
1: Nah, too far north. No. Everything no.
2: is on the fucking like everything's fried. <laughs> did you know that uh speaking of fries
0: on your sandwiches, did you do you know there's a there's a specific style of burrito where they put fries in the middle of the burrito? What
2: was it San Diego? Yeah. Yeah, that's awesome.
1: I said, you know what? I, I I just want to go see the Hawks on the road, just and, and take in a, somebody, somebody sponsor this podcast and finance uh, us traveling to other places and trying the local cuisine. Uh, please uh, be more interesting
2: care. than writing about the fucking yeah. product. T-
1: tweet me at Divo57 <laughs> if you would like to give us money to go. Uh, Eat uh, well, food. <laughs> yeah, to go eat food all three of our listeners will uh you'll, you'll be able to get your company to all three of our listeners
2: and i say you've inspired me to make those burritos at home with the fries yeah
1: yeah that's huh. uh that's gonna happen well Sounds right, good. well i tell you what that that's a lot of that's a lot of food homework we've uh given ourselves but uh and, and again and all our, our adoring listeners so uh I, I guess we i guess i got some work to do i i might have some french fries here we'll have to French fries burrito. I mean, there's no bad words there. So I think that's worth a shot. Maybe I'll put some chip chop ham in it too. Chip chop. Chip chop. All right. Well, uh, I think that's going to do it for this edition of uh, Musings on Madison. Any, any final thoughts before we uh, wrap this thing up?
2: The Hawks may be bad, but food is still good.
1: There we go. Can confirm. I think that's a perfect note to end on. So let, let's do it. Uh, thank you very much for listening to this episode. Again, uh, please follow, uh, follow us wherever you get your podcast, rate, view, share, subscribe, all those fancy things. Uh, once again, I, I would like to formally like encourage everyone that's out there. Like if you know some people that are just getting into hockey or just getting into the Hawks or whatever, like we're going to continue occupying this weird corner of the internet as the Hawks embark on whatever the hell this next five to ten years is going to be, and uh, we encourage everyone to follow along for the ride, because it could be a lot of fun, or it could be miserable, and misery loves company. So uh, we'll we'll be here doing a whole bunch of weird stuff, uh, regardless of what happens on the ice. I'm on Twitter at DML57. Shay is at Jehosas Witness. Mill is at Mill182. Betsy's not on Twitter, but you can find her at secondcityhockey.com under the name LBR. The main account is at 2ndcityhockey and secondcityhockey.com is where you can find all of our stuff. We got plenty of preview articles and other random nonsense coming your way in the next week or so as we prepare for what's surely not going to be a fun season. Well, let's let me rephrase that. It's not going to be a successful season on the ice, but we're going to do our best to make it entertaining somehow and uh we hope that you'll all join us for that um so yeah we'll be back with a a full season preview episode next week and we will talk to you then